Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Roy Green isn't afraid to poke the bear. The bigger the bear, the bigger the poke. This is The Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. There's something I, uh, I need to share with you before I talk to uh, Lior Samfiru, who's standing by. And what I need to share with you is what I tweeted yesterday, and we'll talk about tomorrow. And that is, uh, you may recall on the programs that we've aired about chronic pain patients and what they're suffering with governments and medical colleges and doctors not providing them with the opioid medications that they need that they were prescribed, and that they were living well with before this so-called crisis developed. Well, Catherine was my first guest we spoke to repeatedly. She was 48 years of age, successful real estate agent, had other health issues, but her opioids were withdrawn or reduced without her consent by a doctor she didn't even meet who told her doctor to reduce the opioids. Well, unfortunately, very sadly, I received an email from uh, Catherine's mother earlier in the week, and she passed away. She was a remarkable, remarkable person, very brave. And I was, uh, felt privileged just to know her. And we'll talk about, we'll talk about Catherine, and we'll talk about that uh, opioids issue, because something else is happening that you need to know about, particularly if you live in Alberta, that you need to know about. There's a story that's been making uh, the rounds. It's getting a lot of attention, and it has to do with a waitress at an Eastside Mario's in Timmins, Ontario. And the waitress, her name is Jean-Vierre Loisel, says that uh, a manager told her, a female manager told her, uh, just before her shift a few days ago, that she needed to wear a bra, and it was part of the... Uh, Part of the company's policy, the dress code, and uh, Ms. Loisel says that's sexism, and uh, she told the CBC she was really just looking right at my breasts and said, well, Jen, I can clearly see that you're not wearing a bra and that you have nipple piercings. And uh, Ms. Loisel, when she tried to debate this with the manager, um, was just shut down. So she's arguing that it's sexism, and uh, the company's investigating. Now, what exactly is likely to happen here? Because you have the company involved, you have the the complaint by the, the wait staff or the person on the wait staff, and you have the manager or one of the managers involved. Lior Samfiru joins me. He is an employment law specialist, partner at Samfiru Tumarkin, LLP in Toronto, one of the very best employment law specialists in this country. Lior, thank you for the time. Uh, is this story, because it has three moving parts, it appears, the company, the manager, and the complainant, is this more complicated because of that or not? Well, it is potentially more complicated, Roy, and, and thank you for having me on in the sense that to the extent that what the 
uh, manager was purporting to do here was discriminatory. It was as gender-based discrimination. The question would always become, is the company as a whole liable for the acts of a manager? In most of these cases, uh, our, our courts, our human rights tribunals, have found this concept of vicarious liability, the idea being that, yes, an employer is responsible for the acts, the omissions, the negligence uh, of its employees. So potentially, yes, there is an issue here uh, as relates to, to Eastside Mario's uh, company itself, even though it was the act of a manager. And, uh, Roy, we see these issues come up usually often in the context of uh, employers, usually restaurants, requiring women or asking women to wear uh, revealing clothing, such as short skirts, uh, short tops. Right. And our, our human rights tribunals have said, well, that's unacceptable. That uh, reinforces gender stereotypes, and that's wrong, and we're not going to allow that. This is different. This is a bit different in the sense that uh, this is not something that presumably uh, may be demeaning, but it's certainly a, a woman's choice to wear or not to wear a bra. But the, uh, the analysis would be the same in the sense that for, for them to be able to, uh, to stand behind a requirement like that, they would have to show that there is a bona fide requirement, that the job requires her to wear a bra, and that there's really no way she could do the job properly without it. It seems to me that may be a struggle here. So now the manager says that some customers complained as well. If customers do complain about the appearance of someone who works uh, dealing with the public, regardless of what the business enterprise is, uh, I, for example, I don't like to see, it's just a personal thing, I, I would prefer not to see a whole bunch of metal sticking out of people's faces while I'm dealing with them. It's just, right. a, just a personal thing. So I might say something to, uh, to, to a manager. I might not. Probably not, but I might. Uh, does the customer saying something like, I don't think this is entirely appropriate and not, a, not in keeping with the kind of image that your company is trying to put forward? I'm not talking about the bra here, Lior. I'm speaking in general terms. Does the customer's perspective matter at all or not? It, it would matter. It certainly would form part of the analysis because if you're someone that's in the customer service business, your job is to make sure that the customers of the establishment are happy, that they, they, they leave their satisfied so that they can come back. Well, if, if there's something that you're doing that would prevent you from doing that, uh, from achieving that goal, and something that's, let's say, easily rectifiable, then that would form part of the analysis. Arguably, if, if it's objectively offensive somehow, then it would be uh, an occupational requirement that you fix that issue. Again, I, I, I don't know that one would be able to establish that uh, a woman wearing a shirt not having a bra under the shirt may be offensive objectively. So I understand some may complain. That said, I, I, I don't know that ultimately this type of, of uh, a gender-based uh, dress code would ultimately withstand scrutiny. Uh, I, I think that it would be very difficult to show that she can't do her job properly because she's not wearing a bra. Yeah, does, does, it matter, does it matter if, that it's an undergarment? Uh, well, it, it probably does uh, in the sense that, first of all, it's, it's a gender-based undergarment, of course, but the fact that it's an undergarment, uh, I think probably suggests that it's not, it wouldn't be a big issue uh, for one to wear one. So I think the, the easier it is to rectify the, the issue, the more inclined a human rights tribunal would be to say, well, you have to do it. We're not asking you to, to go cut your hair. We're not asking you to uh, do anything outrageous here. But again, I, I, generally speaking, our tri human rights tribunals have shied away from allowing gender-specific dress codes unless they could show, well, it has to be that way for the job to happen. 
and I, I don't know that this is uh, this is that type of case. Okay, so now your your professional view of how this is going to turn out would be would be what? Well, I think that uh, I don't think this is actually going to be pursued by way of, of formal uh, proceedings before the uh, the human rights tribunal. I think that uh, certainly in light of this now getting uh, media attention, there will be an apology issued to this uh, to this waitress, and she will be allowed to to dress as she deems appropriate. I do not see Side Mario's uh, insisting on the undergarment on the bra. Uh, that said, if this lady was inclined to pursue this, I could see her being. Uh, which may mean that she would get some some damages and wouldn't be anything substantial, but potentially it would be some compensation for putting her in a situation where she felt compelled to to wear a bra in this situation. I don't think it's going to go that way, Rowan. Okay. One more question, Lior. Is there a broader message being sent to employers by this particular story? Well, certainly it's the fact that uh, you have to really take a good, hard look at your practices. And uh, employers don't necessarily... Uh, mean to discriminate. Oftentimes, it's not a situation where an employer seeks out to, to treat people differently. But oftentimes, rules that are pl- that are being applied across the board may have a negative impact or a more pronounced impact on one group over the other. So I think the idea is always for employers when it comes to human rights, when it comes to discrimination, is take a look at your practices. Make sure that you're not uh, imposing requirements that are unfair and unrelated to the job on one group versus another. Uh, and if you do that, usually you'll stand, you, you'll end up on the right side of the law. Okay, I do have one more, uh, of course, like that old Colombo television series. I always have one more question. <laughs> J- just share with us, uh, w- because you have a fascinating uh, tool that's available on your on your website, and it's the severance calculator. Tell us what that's about. Well, thank you, Roy. It's a tool that we created because there were so many misconceptions out there with respect to how much someone is owed, what kind of entitlement does a person have if they lose their job, including uh, some incorrect information on various government websites. So I created a tool online that allows anyone to find out how much their compensation, how much severance they're owed if they lost their job. It's free and it's anonymous, and it's available on severancepaycalculator.com. And I encourage people that are, are find themselves in the unfortunate situation of losing their job uh, to check it out. SeverancePayCalculator.com. That's the address. Lior, thank you so much. Good talking to you. Always a pleasure, Roy. Lior Samfiru is a partner at Samfiru Tamarkin LLP in Toronto. And that address, again, that email address for the Severance Pay Calculator, calculator SeverancePayCalculator.com. All right, so now we have the 22-year-old who goes to work braless, and uh, she's told by the manager, wear a bra. And uh, Jean-Vierre Loisel, the 22-year-old server, says it's a sexist thing to do. And uh, talking about her female manager uh, is quoted as saying she, like, really was looking at my breasts and said, well, Jen, I can clearly see that you're not wearing a bra and that you have nipple piercings. And um, she also says the manager told her that wearing a bra is part of the restaurant's dress code, but she couldn't find it on the dress code. So now the company's involved. So my number is 1-800-263-2428, 1-800-263-2428. Leo Samfiro provided us the legal interpretation of what is at stake here and what is likely to happen. My question to you is this. Is it unre- an unreasonable request for the manager to make, for the young woman to wear a bra as she's a server at a restaurant. Now, 
I know I'm going to catch hell from some people about this, but I'm so fed up with seeing metal poking out of the flesh of servers at restaurants or staff at retail outlets. I just don't go to places where, you know, something's going on that's personally annoying to me. They don't get my business any longer. Now it's not fair to the business. Because if a court, an appointed judge, instructs a business owner to stop demanding proper attire and appearance at a place of work, I'm not talking about that restaurant now, but if a judge instructs a business owner to stop demanding proper attire and appearance at a place of work where the public interacts with staff, is that business owner at an unfortunate disadvantage? 1-800-263-2428. Did the manager... At the East Side Mario's, do the wrong thing by telling the 22-year-old server, wear a bra when you come to work. Your point of view. 800-263-2428. Perhaps someone has an experience with being told to dress a certain way or appear a certain way. Don't have your hair in a color that we know couldn't possibly be natural. You're not born with one half of your head orange and the other one blue. It's just not likely the case. 800-263-2428. We'll come right back.